It's finally time for me to admit something that I think I've kept from everybody all my life, which is from about probably sixth grade on to pro- to this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. I can't not at least snicker to myself at the phrase, the Lord has come. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that load. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe, secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Ho, 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 and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews very special Christmas episodes. I am your host this week, Austin Gorton, and with me is someone who thinks sisters are doing it for themselves, Carolyn Maine, <laughs> and someone who is a few prawns short of a galaxy, <laughs> and certainly David Bits and Alvary. This week we are reviewing The Simpsons, Season 11, Episode 9, Grift of the Magi, in which a bankrupt Springfield Elementary is bought by a toy company who uses the kids for market research in order to create Funzo, the ultimate Christmas toy. But when Bart and Lisa discover Funzo is designed to destroy all other toys, it's up to them, Homer, and special guest Gary Coleman, to save Christmas. (laughs) What are you talking about, Austin? (laughs) uh so yeah it's the simpsons we've done (laughs) one simpsons episode here before is that all wow that is all and it was just me and ryan and special guest jess fulmer oh man so so we get to hear today david and carolyn's relationships with the simpsons oh wow who's first what you got, Carolyn? Okay, so I'm from the place where Matt Groening is from, you know, Portland, Oregon, Springfield, Oregon. <laughs> That's right, so you, you get to, like, drive on roads that are uh, that share the names of prominent Simpsons characters. Yeah, you better believe people put a D on Northeast Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we live. It's great. Yeah, so... I definitely remember watching it exactly when it came out when I was a kid, even though it was a little, like, frowned on for children. We weren't supposed to. I totally did. Had a t-shirt with Barn on it. I've done the whole thing. Uh, I love the first eight seasons very intensely. It's, like, home in a lot of ways. It was just, like, the first real adult cartoon. It was, you know, just another Flintstones ripoff, actually, but, like, a really good one. It was for my generation. So I'm 100% there with... The cream of The Simpsons. <laughs> then it still, like, exists, and that's kind of galling. The one that you chose, Austin, is, like, toward the end of the expiration date for me, but I did still watch it. It's very relevant. <laughs> uh, ultimately, Simpsons is huge. Oh, also, the one time I went to Europe, I was at Paris, and they had all kinds of, like, Simpsons, like, Bart graffiti with all their great graffiti to this day. So that's cool, too. Very Simpsons. My children need a wine. Uh, how about you david uh yeah i certainly watched a lot i've watched a lot of simpsons in my day i probably haven't seen every episode i've probably seen more than i should i i was very fervent watcher for 
like when it started, I remember watching it, even though, yeah, it was the edgy show of the time, which is kind of funny now mm-hmm. when you think about it. But, uh, quaint. Yep, yeah, had like a cowbunga dude Bart t shirt. Very, very cool. <laughs> elementary and it school. meant you were going to be a juvenile delinquent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and watched all the way through high school. I don't think I was watching every episode in college. So I guess I was falling off around the turn of the century. And then maybe once dvrs became a thing i started watching it again but yeah it wasn't the same it was more like something to have on why i did something else usually you'd only get a few gems although the golden age does uh differ depending on who you talk to because i remember one time i talked to somebody who said yeah they stopped watching once it stopped being good and they didn't know what whacking day was and so then i was like well you got no credibility anymore right (laughs) (laughs) wow so they were like a hardcore three seasons first three I seasons yes truther that's intense <laughs> i'm like you're missing a lot of good simpsons if that's when you stop including whacking day which is one of the greatest of right. all time right that is a good guest star yeah i would argue that the third season is the first really good top to bottom yeah. season yeah. Like, i think you're about stuff. right i mean there's good stuff in one and two but um you know a lot of people are like oh it's just it's just the first you know x seasons and i'm like ah it's really more like three or four to a variable end date that is the really good stuff but yeah and i i do uh we'll get into it i did like this episode but then i started looking at what was around it and yeah this is when it's tailing off though right like yeah yeah this is this is season 11 this is one of the best if not maybe the best episode from season 11 yeah Uh, not the highest bar to clear right yeah it is um Yeah, season 11 is definitely one of those that has, like, there's still a half a dozen really good episodes in there, uh, but it also has some really bad ones, and most of it's just kind of meh, but it's when when jerk-ass Homer is really in ascendancy. Mm. Yeah, I Um, think the the episodes I always think of of, like, yeah, it's getting bad was the Jeebus episode. Remember mm -hmm. not being a fan of that one, and then... Uh, the one where he goes to the jockey land, I forget why, but... Oh, that's so strange. (laughs) The land of the... We are the jockeys, jockeys are we. We live underground in a fiberglass tree. (laughs) Well, somebody apparently watched that that episode, but I can tell you who didn't. Me. Uh, (laughs) It's not a good, it's not a good episode at all. Uh, Both (laughs) of those episodes that you cited, David, are from season 11. Are they? Uh, Oh, no. Yes. this, this, It's a very up and down season. I generally consider season 12 to be one of the worst seasons ever. And this is like sliding down the hill into that into that uh into that canyon yeah i feel uh, like i feel like it leveled off eventually and then they're just mostly meh (laughs) it's uh like they're not terrible i mean some people i think some people consider like modern day systems terrible just in comparison to what it used to be which is fair but i think as a sad yeah i know as a show as a whole it's not like the worst thing on tv but i it's not anything that I would recommend people go out and check out usually. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a show I still watch out of habit yeah. more than anything. <laughs> and to see and to see some of the ways that it can still surprise me. It does some it will occasionally do some like interesting conceptual things um that that are, you know, that are different and 
Um, it's kind of fun because you know the joke with with like later day Simpsons is is how you know they just recycle ideas because there's only so many like plot yeah. lines and stories. But sometimes it's kind of interesting to see them recycle a story beat, uh, but with like different technology and different cultural references and different like cultural values and stuff than it did the first time around. Like, you know, they've gradually, uh, you know, the, the characters have stayed the same and the same age and everything, but you know, now they have smartphones and iPads yeah. and the internet and social media. And so seeing them sort of apply <sighs> stuff from, uh, the present day to classic story beats sometimes can yield some interesting, and sometimes it can yield some shitty, shitty things. <laughs> the Simpsons is kind of like the 2020 of sitcoms where time has no meaning, where you're like, wait, how old is Homer? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't exactly. even think of them like having phones and stuff, and yeah. Austin, now I'm really bummed out, just like... I don't know what are they gonna do. They're gonna like, look at their phone. Oh, look at this gif. Oh, no, no, and it's no, not no, like, no. and it's not like it's ever a big deal. Like there was, I don't know, maybe one episode at one point that was like Bart, a subplot involved Bart like wanting to get a cell phone or something like that. It's not like they make a big deal out of it. It's just you reach a point in the show where it's like, oh, they have smartphones now because these episodes are being made at that point in time in which everyone just has a smartphone now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not a plot point. It's not a thing they draw attention to, but it's just like, they can now use that to generate jokes and stories and stuff. If they need to along the way, because that's, it's now reflecting that part of society. That's fair. And it is real. It is funny how the show has spanned the whole way from like them having a rotary phone in the background of their <laughs> kitchen. Right. And now they have right. these computers yeah, like us. I mean, it's freaky. It's pretty wild how long it's been on. Like, it's weird because in my mind, like instinctually, if you said, well, when did the Simpsons start? I'd say around when I was like in high school or something. And then you're like, no, it was like second grade. I think I was in. Like, yeah. like there's part of me that like it's been there so long but then i'm like well no it only it had to only start like you know middle school high school and then like nope it's been earlier than that but i was watching it all that time you know yeah david you and me were wearing our t-shirts in mm -hmm. second grade exactly <laughs> austin did you have one you must have oh absolutely yeah. there you go yeah oh yeah i had the i think i had the don't have a cow man bart shirt I had the, I didn't do it, you can't make me prove I did it, da 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 da, -da. It was like a text mm. wall of, like, denying a crime. Yeah. It was great. I didn't do it, you didn't see me do it, you can't prove anything. I, I think <laughs> mine was a cowabunga dude with him on a skateboard. Because Why? I believe Eat My Shorts might have been a little too racy for uh, my parents, you know? You right. know what? I figured out that this is why our generation eats ass. <laughs> we Simpson. were told to over and over again by that impish little <laughs> child. Kiss my butt. Eat my shorts. Okay, says millennials. And just, yeah, you know, just because Simpsons can adapt with the times like that doesn't make it, like, inherently better or, or when it does that that it's good. Yeah. But it is no. interesting because there are so few shows that you actually get to see that where, like, it's not that the characters change, it's that society changes around the characters mm -hmm. and sure. they're forced to then like incorporate that into their world and it's it's interesting. But also the voice actors live and die, right? Like isn't the Marge like really sad now? Uh no, the original cast is still there. I mean everybody But like her voice is, is old thing. now. It's like <laughs> I guess. I don't know. She seems pretty 
Yeah, I haven't really noticed anything. Some of the same. I mean, they've they've changed some actors along the way for reasons good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just a. Uh... It's definitely a show that had to be animated to last this long, right? Like that's sure. right, absolutely. And that's for better or for us. I remember back in the day, I used to say like it would have been better if the characters actually aged. But I mean, by this point, it's a moot. But like you're not like I don't know how if you could age them thirty years though either, right? Throughout the time, right, or, right, right. So I don't know. And that's one of those things where, like, the the the, the elasticity of the universe, where mm-hmm. they of, of the Simpsons universe, where they haven't aged, but they have at the same time. Like they they yeah you know they did that very first flashback episode to when they were in high school in the seventies, and now they do flashback episodes to when Homer and Marge were like early twenty somethings in the nineties, mm-hmm. and eventually we'll probably have a flashback episode that's set in like the two thousands, and they just that's just how it is now. You just slide it forward. Yeah, I mean, now that's just become their standard operating procedure. Kind of like, what was it, the X-Men who was always, it was like, or Marvel Comics was always 10 years ago, like a sliding right. window. Yeah, and Simpsons has basically sort of adopted that same mentality at this point. Uh, this this season, season 11, is also the first season that I reviewed on our, uh, on our website. Oh, David. really? Back when I was doing uh, episode by episode Simpsons, that, was that live? That wasn't live, though. No, it yeah. was not live. Um, this is like yeah. early two thousand. Yeah, this like was ninety nine. I thought actually. Okay, that's right. Maybe. Yeah, December of ninety nine. Yeah. No, I did it. I started with season eleven. I want to say I, it was when I bought when the when it came out on DVD mm-hmm. was shortly after we had started the gentleman of leisure. And so I was like, I'm going to review each of these episodes. And then when the next season comes out on DVD, I'll do that one. And I don't even think I got to season 12. <laughs> I ended up, well, I ended up going back to season one. Mm-hmm. There and, you go. And started, and started from there. So I have That's this weird thing move. where like the first six seasons I've reviewed. And then the 11th season, <laughs> <laughs> if you like, if you look at it numerically, if you look at it based off of the dates, it's like season 11 and then one through six or whatever it is. Wherever I left off. Someday when I have more time, I'll go back and finish those. Uh, all right. So let's dive into this one. Uh, I did note in the opening credits, Bart is writing, I will not sell my kidney on eBay. On the Blackboard. So eBay is a thing uh, at this point, huh? eBay is a thing, and also I wondered if that was a Gary Coleman jab. Oh, they already had enough. Wow. <laughs> or if it was just coincidence that uh, there is a kidney reference in the in the Blackboard message in the in the episode. Gary Coleman guest stars. Oh, I was just gonna say he did. Like, he was very self deprecating in this episode. Hopefully, he was in yeah. on the joke. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. What happened to his kidney? Yeah, what is uh, that? That's he was. Um, he had a kidney disease. That's why he was. It was. Um, oh, okay. Small. That's why he didn't grow. That's why he didn't grow. That's why he was always like a little man child sort of. That's why he was Gary Coleman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Now you have me questioning it because I thought. That's what it was. That he was. Uh, that he had a uh, some kind of like kidney problem. I didn't know which organ it was that failed him. Huh. huh. Congenital kidney disease. Mm. So okay. say the cracked orphans. Okay. I still like eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I should go back on there sometime. Still out there, live and kicking. Crap to sell, so. 
Got some great stuff, man. (laughs) Uh, So Springfield is experiencing a heat wave on account of the hole in the ozone layer wintering in Springfield. (laughs) There's a little uh, uh, blast from the past for you, the hole in the ozone layer. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess that is something we kind of solved, shockingly, but you know. Yeah, yeah. By, by burning off the entire layer so that there's no uh, there's there's no hole. It's just that the uh, I don't think that no. Means. We actually yeah. no. We actually did patch it up. I think. Well, I mean, we just stopped putting CFCs in there, and I think it grew back. I believe, but I'm no right. Yeah, we didn't like send Bruce Willis up in a space shuttle <laughs> to use the experimental procedure to patch it. It's just we stopped that we know of. Eventually got... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so Bart and Milhouse are stuck inside the house mm-hmm. because of the heat wave. Uh, so they decide to uh, dress up as ladies. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> random, but it is what it is, I guess. It is. Um, Homer's reaction yeah. isn't the greatest, but overall, I guess it's handled all. Yeah, right. it was. It was when I was like, I remember when I started to watch this episode. I was like, Oh, that's right. Is this going to age terribly? <laughs> And it's fine. It's not great, but it's not as bad as it could be, I don't think. I will say, as this sh- the episode started, I, I, I remember this episode, but I guess I didn't remember the beginning because I started worrying I accidentally started the wrong episode, where I'm like... This, Me too. This is supposed to be Christmas, yeah. right? <laughs> it is... Uh, this is very indicative of this era of Simpsons, the sort of uh, post-Golden Age, mid middle decade years when it just takes them a long ass time to get where they're going mm-hmm. like the entire first act sometimes is just a setup to the real plot of the episode which is pretty much the case in this one yeah uh, it takes yeah. a while to get to the actual like plot and christmas stuff and all of that but yeah they are they're bored so millhouse is like let's dress up like ladies and bart says like wouldn't that make us gay and millhouse says boy fruity, you're afraid awesome. you're gonna like it fruity Fruity, sorry. <laughs> Wouldn't that make us fruity? And uh, oh, you afraid you're gonna like it? So then they do it, and so there's a little gay panic mm-hmm. there. Um, it seemed like they were kind of trying to harken back to that road trip episode when they had fun and wore wigs together. Yeah. When they went, yeah, the Knoxville wig sphere. Yeah, I did, uh, <laughs> I did wonder why Marge's dress fit them so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just why those wigs were in there yeah, in the whole closet. Too, yeah. I've never seen her wear a wig. I mean. Like Bart has this like fifties bouffant <laughs> wig going on. Yeah. So they're bouncing on the bed, singing. Sisters are doing it for themselves, and then uh, which it does look fun, <laughs> right? Yeah, it looks yeah. like they're having a good time. Homer knocks on the door and and wants a non-gay explanation mm. for what they're doing. Uh, which causes Bart to freak out, and he falls off the bed, and he lands on Homer's bowling ball and uh, cracks his coccyx. Uh-huh. And uh, Bart ends up in a uh, a butt cast in a wheelchair. And so then, when he goes to school the next day, Lisa points out to Principal Skinner that the school is in no way ADA compliant <laughs> as Bart tries to jam his wheelchair up the front steps of the school. I mean, frankly, it's shocking he'd be the first kid in a wheelchair to try to get there, but I don't know. Right, right. Uh, at which point, uh, uh, lovable mobster Fat Tony emerges mm. from behind hey. a tree. Oh, gabagoo. <laughs> And uh, begins constructing a series of uh, handicap ramps. Fat Tony came before Tony Soprano. I believe yes. so, yeah. 
He did. Yeah, this is before they, The Sopranos, I think, they in general, it. actually. Yeah. yeah Maybe, like, Tony, right where it's starting here. Season three is when he debuted. Joe Montana wow. is, is, does the voice there mm-hmm. and has always done the voice um, to this day, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, there's a there's a great sequence here where, where he's arguing with Skinner. He's like, you know, we're, we don't have any construction going on. He says, well, how can that be when it's already begun? And camera pans out and there's all these cement trucks working and all that kind of stuff. Uh, did you hear about there was a big raid on mobsters in Philadelphia? No. I did not. There were 15 Uh-oh. mobsters busted in a RICO case or something. But my only point is one of the mobsters was named Anthony Gifoli, but his nickname Ayo. is Tony Meatballs. <laughs> Yo, not Tony Meatballs. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that act- that type of thing actually existed, but here we are. Tony Meatballs getting busted by the Fed, you know. <laughs> For Rico stuff too. Like yeah. it's just like you you think it was a movie if you didn't know any better. <laughs> Yeah, Rico gets everyone. It's, it's uh, so by the time uh, by the time Fat Tony's construction company, Valdizo Brothers Olive Oil, <laughs> is done uh, building all of the ramps, Bart's butt bone is all healed up. Well, I did like uh, Skinner's line that finally, when people ask him about the Disabilities Act of 1975, they can say we're closer than ever before. <laughs> Which that is probably sadly great. true of a lot of schools in real life, but right, like it's 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 put forth like Springfield Elementary is this like terrible mm-hmm. school, but it's like that's probably more true than not for far too many schools. Yeah. So right, so Bart, Skinner invites Bart up to try out the ramps, but Bart's butt bone is healed up, and then it turns out that the mob's ramps are just made out of breadsticks, paint, and shellac. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the, uh, those look like some dope ramps, so I wanted to slide on them. Right? They look like cool slides coming in and out of the school. So then Fat Tony gives Skinner the bill, and uh, he is forced to close the school down because in order to pay the bill and avoid, quote, vicious mob reprisal, they have to uh, shut down the school. I feel like it's fairly unrealistic to think that schools would just suddenly stop letting kids in and, like, they'd have to, like, fend for themselves at home or anything. (laughs) Yeah, that would never happen. That like some sort of higher governmental power wouldn't step in and make arrangements to yeah to uh, uh, keep these important assets going yeah and, yeah basically I mean this this I see this this mid season stuff is just so outlandish and it's plotting <laughs> uh, so after a commercial break we come back to a PTA meeting where Skinner <laughs> and the other parents are trying to come up with a uh, source of money in order to reopen the school. Uh, everybody has characteristically bad ideas. <laughs> uh, I did like, because then Skinner's like, these are all good ideas. And Mark says, no, they're not. They're terrible ideas. And like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's also a great bit where Flanders is like, I have a motorhome I never use. Maybe we could sell that for money. And Homer just turns and is like, maybe you should shut up. <laughs> yeah, this is jerk-ass Homer. And everybody else is, like, really dumb now. Except Marge and Skinner. All yeah. the scolds are fine. Although, I don't think selling a motorhome is the worst idea. I don't know if he could get all the money no. for it, though. You could get, like, $1,000. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's not nothing. I mean... Wasn't his motorhome, so, uh, like, a souped-up one, though? A pretty real... 
It is. Okay. We went to it in Shelbyville, didn't we? So it was a pretty nice yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took it. They took it to get the lemon tree back. Quiet, everyone. An old man is talking. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great episode. That's one of the greats. It is. That's one of my easily one of my top tens. The lemon of Troy. Uh, mm. The the plan that Skinner comes up with is to try to appeal to Mister Burns with a uh, slick marketing style <laughs> school play that'll hit him in his wallet. Uh, so that brings us to Burns's mansion where the kids put on the nice man giveth a, uh, a series of vignettes in which various mishaps befall a Mr. Burns character because everyone in town is too dumb because they're school closed. I like how invested Mr. Burns gets into it because it really speaks <laughs> to him because it's Mr. Burns. It really speaks to me. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, because they're like, who might, who could eat this rat poison? It could even be Mr. Burns. But yeah, I was they, wondering why Nelson was involved it... in this. Yeah. Yeah. I love Doctor Stupid. He's gonna saw on your liver bones. <laughs> Never like Doctor Stupid. Never liked, Never liked him. Stupid. <laughs> Um, yes, and thankfully that's not anything we'll ever have to worry about. Yeah. An entire generation of kids with piss poor schooling because it was uh, interrupted yeah. by various machinations. Mm-hmm. Right, or if the wealthy just didn't believe we lived in a society and decided to withhold resources. Yeah. Right, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's uh, again, just totally outlandish, off-the-wall yeah. kooky plots here in The Simpsons. I hope Dr. Stupid does get their liver bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so after the play, we get our first inkling that this will indeed be a Christmas episode. Skinner <laughs> yeah. mentions that the holidays are approaching and the kids need some money for their school. But then with the the veil of, of the play lifted, Burns is uh, uh, characteristically uninterested and kicks them all out so that uh, uh, refusing to fund the school. Yeah, it's kind of a... Weird bit because, I mean, yeah, well, because they fall through a trap door and they come through the ceiling, which is fine. I mean, it's obviously silly, but that's the Simpsons for you. But then you feel like something more was going to come of that, like, since he couldn't get rid of them. Should be more of a joke. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, I guess I have to give you money now because I can't get rid of or something like that. But then, no, it's just, oh, they fell through the ceiling and that was the end of the joke. I don't know. Premium Simpsons would have landed that better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels a bit like a a piece of a joke left in from an earlier draft that yeah. either needed to be excised completely or worked out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next morning, uh, Bart and Lisa are watching a little daytime TV and they see a, uh, a breaking. Was the daytime TV insensitive? Uh, I don't, I can't decide where Bumblebee man falls into things. <laughs> I think he's doing Telenova and the people really like Telenova and it is this thing. Yeah. But at the I same time, he's dressed up in a giant Bumblebee suit the whole is time. Is that not good? <laughs> well, that's, I don't, I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. I feel like it's not good, but maybe it's <laughs> fine. Like, it's not like he's in a racist caricature costume, as far yeah. as I know. Like he's not in like a sombrero or like well, a Pancho Villa. Well, in this case, he was a judge, right? And then he goes, uh-huh. then he goes, ay 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 ay, when uh, <laughs> he can't decide if the car is a lemon or in fuego. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't know if his like overreaction and going to ay 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 is too stereotypical. We need a not white person to tell us. Yeah. I mean, basically, I think we're all very underqualified to determine if this is. A, a we should ask Terry Blas if uh, if if 
Bumblebee man is inse- racially insensitive. Yeah. Let's get some perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. The, the possibly racially insensitive daytime TV <laughs> is interrupted by a, uh, a breaking news story that Springfield Elementary is going to reopen because it's been uh, purchased by Kids First Industries. Yeah, privatizing who, schools. Uh, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> as, that wouldn't as, happen. <laughs> as their spokesperson, voiced by one Tim Robbins, says, oh. when... when uh, the public schools drop the ball. It's up to the private sector to pick up that fumble and run it into the end zone. <laughs> Once again, just wacky outlandish stuff coming for the Simpsons. Uh, and there's a, there's a uh, uh, offhand joke here that I like too. And they say that they've given all of the old teachers a generous severance package. And then it cuts to Skinner with a basket of oranges. And he's <laughs> mad because they're juice oranges. Yeah. <laughs> Valencia. That's pretty good. They're juice oranges. Aren't Valencia oranges also what you're supposed to like <laughs> beat somebody with? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> I think that was in Family Guy, right? Was it a Family Guy thing? Oh, that's less funny then. Just this yeah. sounds like some Joey meatball stuff. Dave. <laughs> beat him with a sack of Valencia oranges because they don't leave bruises or yeah. something like that. I don't know. It all runs together after a while, David. Mm-hmm. So Bart's class is is uh under under new regime now and uh at first bart likes it because it's it's all kinds of sort of hippy dippy like we just want you to be happy at school mm-hmm. and you'll learn better when you are learning about what you want to do and yeah uh, then he roundhouse kicks a book and frankly i'd be in on a class if that <laughs> happened too right oh no they sold you on book kicking <laughs> We want to put the kick back in learning. I mean, and he like, kicks a book. This isn't like anything anti-book. It's more roundhouse kicking objects. I'm always in on like whatever the object might be. If you roundhouse kick it, then suddenly I'm I'm invested. You know. David just wishes all schools were the Cobra Kai dojo. <laughs> <laughs> no mercy. Uh, so the next day, he they're given an assignment to bring their favorite toy to school, and. Uh, with Christmas fast approaching, his teacher wants everyone in the class to talk about what they like about their toys. And we quickly realize that Kids First Industries is just using the school for market research. Frankly, one of the less nefarious things. I guess they're not getting an education, so that's not great. So Right, but I mean, if you look at it this way, they weren't getting an education when the school was closed. Yeah, I suppose. So they're not losing <laughs> anything at this point. <laughs> Uh, so we got to Lisa's classroom where they're workshopping potential toy names and Lisa casually throws out Funzo along with a bunch of other possible names, but then gets detention because she's doing math in class. And it doesn't make any sense. She's like fungi, fun zone. Like she's just naming smart F things. And then she says like a toy name and it's like, well, she's throwing out variations on the word fun because, uh, the best thing that they got out of Ralph was that fun toys are fun. <laughs> it is true, though. Yeah, <laughs> He's not wrong. Fun toys are fun. You know, kiss, K-I-S-S, you know? Right, right. Kick a book, stupid. <laughs> yeah, kick. <laughs> yeah. Kick it, stupid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so in a, in a uh, as Bart says, a delicious level of ironing, Lisa <laughs> happened to stay late in order to write on the blackboard about how she's not going to do math. I did uh, watch this with Lauren, and she's a fan of math, so she didn't like this scene that 
<laughs> getting punished for doing math hurt her in the heart, I think. <laughs> Uh, so Lisa discovers in, in the course of writing her, her her lesson on the blackboard, she discovers the whole kids being spied on thing mm-hmm. uh, and gets attacked by a small robot. Well, she had to go but, to the room between the classrooms, which was the danger broom closet room, which got a cover <laughs> from me. <laughs> yeah, there's a sign on the door, danger broom closet. <laughs> Uh, but when she returns to the broom closet that evening with her parents and Chief Wiggum, all that's left is a bunch of brooms, like a normal broom closet. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw a baby in there, and they were kissing, and the baby winked at me. <laughs> also a great, uh, great Simpsons episode. Great broom closet moment. That's yeah. Uh, it's probably the I same do, one. I do like that uh, yeah. Lisa refers to the robot as like a a killer evil robot and then Marge corrects yeah. her to be fair not all evil robots are killers <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's such that a that is good a good I Marge Lisa was making but... some assumptions on this robot that I think was a little bit robotist on her part which is out right? of character but I guess you know we all have our flaws I suppose all it said was that it wanted to hug her so yeah exactly couldn't have been but that. it was an unskinned robot, <laughs> and I think they're definitely doing the Furbies, right? Y'all remember those? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they even mentioned Furbies, which is which I don't know, which is hanging too much of a lampshade on it. But that's beside the point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert: This whole thing is building to a uh, mm-hmm. uh, a loose bit of satire about the Furby tickle me Elmo uh, must have mm-hmm. toy of the holiday season craze that I think we've largely left behind, but. I don't know. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem know, like Austin. a problem now that we're having 2020. Like, how is that a problem? I still can't guys? find a PS5. That's all I'm saying. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Our people are fighting for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all fighting online. Well, I didn't because I. <laughs> that's all I mean, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, it'll be there eventually. I'm fine. They're breaking down virtual doors with a candy cane instead of physically. Yeah, I know. I'm. <laughs> I've seen a lot of angry tweets about people who were in a store, had it in the in online, had it in their virtual cart, but then the it wouldn't let them purchase, and then suddenly it was out of stock. And I'm like, "Yep, I'm sorry, you didn't get your PS5. It must be very rough for you." Maybe you can take that eight hundred dollars and cry yourself <laughs> to sleep with something else. <laughs> like it, you'll get it eventually. Don't worry, and there'll probably right. be better games around by the time you do. They want it now, David. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so later, during Krusty the Clown's non-denominational holiday fun fest, Bart and Lisa see a commercial for a new toy. I blame... Well, first of all, is it insensitive to say Quasi Kwanzaa? Probably. And this this episode does make me always want to say that, and then I have to... <laughs> it's... Again, I don't want to put words in anyone anyone's mouth. I feel like it's mostly insensitive for the fact that it's a lazy aural gag built on the fact that no one bothered to know what Kwanzaa was really all about. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than anything else, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, the commercial is for a new toy, Funzo, who looks and sounds just like the robot who attacked Lisa. <laughs> and it is. And Lisa recognizes the, uh, Funzo as the name she came up with too, right? Right, right. So they realized that this is the toy that was created from the market research that was being conducted at the school. 
a uh, a com- the commercial assures us that if you don't have Funzo, you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> which is i mean pretty much what every commercial tries to say yeah, they yeah. just are a little bit more elegant about it usually <laughs> what we've learned That's in the last true. four years is uh dog whistles are for losers i think like right exactly out the bull they're just a waste of everyone's success. time yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh so bart and lisa decide to sneak into the company that makes the funzos and uh, they do so past the watching eye of security guard Gary Coleman. <laughs> wow, what's he doing here? Yeah. What? And it's worth noting that it's Gary Coleman. Like he's, it's not Gary Coleman voicing a character. Mm-mm. It's Gary Coleman playing himself as a security guard at Kids First Enterprise. <laughs> and which I mean is totally sad, right? But it's like real, and that's the yeah. saddest part, <laughs> right? Because he did. He was a security guard at one point. Mm-hmm. And I just really hope he got paid a lot of money for this gig, and he probably didn't, and that's what makes me sad. Because mm-hmm. I think he made this episode in a lot of ways too. Well, this scene. Yeah, he, he wasn't as good in the end. This, this <laughs> Austin and I have a lot of affection for this scene. I mean, <laughs> do, you, do you want to take us through it, David? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're crawling through, and Gary Coleman's on the phone. Because he was eating Chinese food, and then he's on the phone and he's saying, the menu said a galaxy of prawns. Three prawns is hardly a galaxy, which is funny on its own, right? Right, (laughs) And then Lisa's like, we got to get going, Bart, because they're sneaking by him. And then Bart was like, I want to see how this plays out. (laughs) And Lisa points out (laughs) that the phone isn't even plugged in. (laughs) He's like waiting to talk to the manager. <laughs> yes, Mr. Kwan. Uh, <laughs> then he switches his call over to the president. Well, yeah, after we learn the phone isn't even plugged in, he switches it, which is just I don't know him either fantasizing at or being crazy, but still like just using his imagination just to like be a Karen on the phone to a Chinese <laughs> <laughs> didn't give him restaurant. Enough yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So after sneaking past Gary Coleman, they confront uh, Lindsay Nagel and Bart's teacher, uh, who asks them how they got past Gary mm-hmm. Coleman, at which point Bart says that he's a few prawns short of a galaxy. <laughs> Prompting her to then fire Gary Coleman. <laughs> yeah, she she fires Gary Coleman, and Gary Coleman responds with, What you talking about, Ms. Nagel? <laughs> and then she's charmed by that to let her to rehire him. Leaves. Yes. And then he reveals that he knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great, you guys. Uh, nothing to do with Christmas, but pretty great. Uh, it's great, and it's sad. It's Gary Coleman, right? Because he got screwed by his parents. Or his dad, I think, specifically. Star of our very first very special episode. Yeah. It's true. Look yeah. at us. We've come all the way to like the sad part of his career. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. What a journey. So Bart's teacher and Lindsay Nagel talk about the pressure they're under to churn out the the next hit toy after the Furby and the, the Tickle Me Elmo. And Lindsay Nagel wants them to look at it from a marketing perspective for a damn minute. And uh, <laughs> they uh, basically win the kids over. There's a bit there where they talk about... Well, they win you know, Bart over first... by just giving him a toy. and then Yeah, they, they give Bart a fun zone. kind of gives up, and... I guess. I don't know. 
It, well, and they tell Lisa, you know, it's it's the first toy that's like made, you know, designed by children, made for children, mm-hmm. with all the profits going to children. Yeah. She's like, really? <laughs> he says, well, we're all somebody's children. <laughs> corporations. Huh? Yep, corporations. Table the issue. <laughs> uh, so back at home, Bart's going through the Funzo toy catalog. And they quickly learn that Funzos are designed to destroy other toys. Which is just a lawsuit waiting to happen, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Funzo as a whole, like one of the the wackier parts of this episode is just the fact that like Funzo is an overly elaborate toy. Yeah. In terms of like it's this killer toy robot. No toy is actually that. Yeah, frankly, I was half convinced that maybe it was all right if Funzo destroys all your other toys, because what else do you need? This thing's pretty sweet, you know? Right, right. This, like, nigh-sentient robot. (laughs) Um, But just like Microsoft, it's designed to eliminate the competition, (laughs) so they rush off to the try-and-save to try and stop people from buying Funzos, but the mob is in such a fervor to get their hands on a Funzo slash PS5 that they <laughs> smash the doors down, not wanting to even wait for the stores to open and rush inside to get their Funzos. What do they smash the doors open with? A Lenny gun. has a candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a Christmas episode right until then, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> See? There it was. There's the Christmas candy cane. Uh... Lindsay Nagel is and and the the teacher are watching from a hot tub and they're pleased with the fervor that's been stirred up amongst the townspeople for their funzo. Uh, and Lisa, seeing the mob's fervor, is about to give up, but Bart has a plan. They enlist Homer and sneak into everyone's house on Christmas Eve <laughs> in order to steal their funzos. Calling a reverse Santa maneuver. Yes, uh, Homer says that uh, this makes three Christmases he saved against eight he's ruined and two that were kind of a draw. (laughs) That's pretty good. So their plan is uh, to do carols to distract the people while Homer sneaks in to steal the toys, right? Correct. Yep. So the idea is they ring the bell, sing some songs, Homer sneaks in the back, steals the funzos. And I think it's finally time for me to admit something. That I think I've kept from everybody all my life, which is from about probably sixth grade on to pro- to this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day, I can't not at least snicker to myself at the phrase "the Lord has come." It <laughs> <laughs> is pretty funny now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just always going to think of David snickering <laughs> at the line whenever I hear I the I was line. in church. My mom would be like, we got to go to church to listen to the carols before mass start. And I'm like, all right. And then that, and I had to just <laughs> keep my laughter inward when that, when that line comes up. Keep it inward the way Jesus intended. And I'm like, it, what if it was an intentional metaphor? What are they trying to say? It's kind of uh, patriarchal, though, I suppose, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it could be Lady Come, too. Yeah, I suppose you're true. right, I guess. That I true. But it's probably it. not. <laughs> I mean, given given the context and when it was written, probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Catholics like it when ladies come. <laughs> they barely like it when men do. It's, right. very, it's very improper. <laughs> yes, yes. I realized last episode, you guys, that we're all 
Catholics lapsed uh, or whatever, yeah. but yeah, we were all, we all we all were brought up in that tradition at mm. least. Yeah, that's why we're messed up, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not the only reason; it's no. one of them. It's a contributing it's factor. <laughs> so after stealing the town's funzos, Homer, Bart, Lisa take the writhing sack of funzos to the Springfield Tire Fire and chuck it onto mm. the burning fire. At which point, oh. Gary Coleman arrives on the scene. Yeah. And uh, proceeds to engage the Simpsons in a philosophical discussion <laughs> about whether evil companies that bring people joy uh, are a good thing, and if the ends justify the means. And uh, they settle in for a lengthy discussion through the night. And when morning comes, that was for you, David. Uh, <laughs> They all agree that the commercialization of Christmas is, at best, a mixed blessing. Well, I would. That's it. That's the episode. <laughs> I, would, I would just say I refuse to believe the idea that people could debate in good faith. That's all. Mm, that is antiquated now. We don't have to believe that anymore. <laughs> yes, once uh, another another throwback from the the old era of The Simpsons. I was excited to go to the tire factory. Yeah. I've seen it seen it in the map but have we ever been there before do we ever have a scene they mention it and so we've seen certainly we've mentioned. seen it before but has yeah. anything actually oh, yeah. like occurred there i mean one of the great things yeah. about the simpsons is just the universe they've created for themselves right and then right and how right. the lived in feel of yeah. springfield yeah you might be right carolyn this might be the first time that there was actually like a scene set at the tire fire and at one point they just like put out the tire fire right Yes. Oh. Then they lit it but it again. comes back. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that, that was before this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think this might be the first time they're actually like hanging out there doing anything. It's pretty cool. It makes it really real. Now I want to go back to the stairs to nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, as they're getting ready to leave, one last Funzo leaps out of the fire. And just for David's benefit, uh, <laughs> Gary Coleman does another roundhouse kick to knock the uh, Funzo back into the burning pile of tires. It's Don't act like I'm the back. only person who enjoys a good roundhouse kick. You guys I know, are all I just that's, lying to I yourself. I thoroughly enjoy the roundhouse kicking as well. <laughs> Uh, but like that doesn't really count as like the story like doing a bookend because Gary Coleman had no relationship <laughs> to the book kicking. Well, of course not. No, no, I'm I'm not giving credit for like <laughs> referencing itself or coming full circle. I'm just saying another roundhouse kick. I'm down. I'm I'm for it. You know? <laughs> I like the kick. <laughs> uh, so then Homer invites Gary Coleman back to their house for Christmas dinner. And there's a bit where Gary Coleman tries to pretend like he's got better things to do, but the Simpsons know better. Well, this is so. like uh, something that kind of, I guess aged all right when he said he, he was going to go to Christmas with George Clooney. And I'm like, I guess that'd still be a thing to do today, right? Like, he's still It cool. would still be somewhat prestigious. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go George Clooney. The only thing still around. Cool George Clooney in the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, George Clooney being cool. 20, 20 years on. <laughs> He was not in our ER episode. No, he was we didn't not, need him. No. Well, just the fact that like George Clooney is a still around, b still cool, and c not secretly a horrible garbage yeah, person mean, that we've since learned is pretty impressive for this. Well, episode. that's where I was looking at some of the epi- the episodes for this season and saw like I think it was the first one of the season where they like 
interact with Mel Gibson or something. I'm like, yep, yeah. the first Whoa. episode is the Mel Gibson episode, and it has <laughs> not aged well. I'm like, I don't think I can Mel watch Gibson. Yeah, you guys have all heard those Mel Gibson tapes, right? That his girlfriend recorded. I mean, oh, heard. I mean, I've heard of them. I don't know that I've listened. They're so spicy, Austin. He says a <laughs> lot of swears real quick and dense. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, so then we get a little like sort of Christmas, um, like montage, Christmas mm. story montages where um, Mr. Burns. There's like a voiceover narration, and we learn that Mr. Burns was visited by three ghosts the previous evening and has decided mm-hmm. to fund the school with money he found in his tuxedo jacket. Although he brings it to the and... Simpsons, which is a really weird way to fund the school, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. And uh, Mo learned that uh, what life would be like if he hadn't been born in a It's a Wonderful Life homage. So he doesn't kill himself and goes and, and brings a plump Christmas duck to the to the Simpsons house. Yeah, the way they do that, I've seen this as a meme a lot. It's Mo's head in the oven and he oh, has yeah. a sign tape to his back that says, no funeral. <laughs> 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 and then later he puts the turkey in the oven or the yeah, duck in instead. So that's, a, that's cute. They're like doing a, a lampshade by doing too many Christmas montages at yeah, once, yeah. but it's pretty fun. And I do like low point Mo. I get that. That's really real. Well, and they're, I mean, they're they're clearly like, doing the montage like they're they're aware that they're cramming them all yeah Yeah, they're trying to do the like here's all your christmas uh cliches kind of thing christmas story cliches um and then it ends with uh uh mo asking gary coleman what you talking about and Gary Coleman turning to the audience and saying, What you talking about, everyone? No, it's his catchphrase instead of Christmas's catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> I guess rampant consumerism is a mixed bag, Gary Coleman. <laughs> uh, yes. They also call Gary, Gary Coleman also calls it the biggest ripoff since Webster. <laughs> which, was, which was like, felt a little bit like uh, Gary Coleman getting a personal dig in. Yeah, he, he wrote I'll do that line show, himself. <laughs> but I want a line in there about Webster. <laughs> he has a right to be pissed about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's uh, one of, of not many Simpsons Christmas episodes. They... Uh, they stay because they're obviously like the very first Simpsons episode full length that we ever saw was a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they uh, they didn't do another one for many, many seasons. And they sort of they stuck staked their claim to Halloween and did the Treehouse of Horror every year. But uh, they do not do a Christmas episode every year. Yeah, they did one season. where Bart gets caught stealing, right? Yeah. That I was thought the we first, were going to do that one. That yeah. was the first Christmas episode they did after the after the initial pilot episode. After the pilot. Large. I was really excited to see that video game with golf again. <laughs> Lee Carvalho's putting challenge. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to play again? You no. have selected uh, no. <laughs> you selected driver. May I suggest the putter? Driver. <laughs> You fucking power stroke. May I suggest uh, feather touch? Thrill house. Power stroke. <laughs> thrill house. Yeah. Thrill ho. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. a good one. Give me, quality. buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
No, that's that, that is that is a good one. That is a good one as well. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, let's see. This is a Christmas episode. We talked a little bit how Christmassy was it. Um, did it? Um, the most Christmassy part was the candy cane. <laughs> Lenny smashed. Homer was it open on Black Friday? It's on Blaine too. So you know we got that. It was. Yeah. This actually isn't very Christmassy, aside from it taking place during Christmas. I mean, it's. It references it enough, and obviously it's like the gift-giving season, which is the impetus for the toy, but you could very easily see something like this taking Christmas out of it and it being pretty much the same, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's it and when I compare like, it... Kind of like Die Hard being a, quote, Christmas movie. Mm, but that is, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is but not, I could take this right. Simpsons and compare it all the way back to, like, the pilot episode that you mentioned, Austin. And in that episode, it was mm. so much of a smaller story. It was so much more personal. I guess they're both about being mm. broke. But this one's about, like, the whole <laughs> school being broke. And the pilot was about just Homer being broke. And I think, to mm. me, the pilot had much more real stakes, right? And this wanted to play around in, like, the marketing world and consumerism, which is good, but didn't feel as real. Didn't feel as focused. We did yeah, get that yeah, candy cane beat I mean, down, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those... Um, I mean, even in the even in the golden age of The Simpsons, they were making jokes about, you know, stories that don't need The Simpsons themselves in them, but yeah. they're in them because they're the main characters. And right. this is very much... You know, there's, there's nothing, you know... There's nothing about this story that requires Bart and Lisa to be the ones mm. that... that uh, discover the truth behind the company that buys the school and going on this crusade other than the fact that they're stars of the show whereas to your point carolyn the pilot is very much about the simpsons family dealing with the holidays and not having money and and bart having blown their christmas savings on tattoo removal oh yeah the tattoo (laughs) yeah so that is, a, I mean, that is certainly a, a, a better written episode, but I would still argue that this one is much funnier. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I felt Austin, like... Austin, how much, yeah. Good. No, I, I think this episode's funny. Like, and so, and that's really all you really want from The Simpsons, so, especially getting this late into the <laughs> series. <laughs> right. so yeah. You're like, yep, it was funny, so that's good enough. I mean, I could quibble about, like, the whole plot of, like, a robot destined to kill other toys i guess like in some ways that seems like bigger stakes than just one family but at the same time it's silly and it's hard to get invested in like if the company succeeded you don't feel like much would be lost i'll put it that way i don't know that's true and it was funny but it was season 11 funny you know yeah by season 11 like it just had a lot of good jokes but they were all kind of independent of each other. It wasn't like the next level where everything like flowed it's into woven, each other. Yeah, right. Woven together into yeah. a tight tapestry where the 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 plot supports the characters, supports the jokes, mm-hmm. and they all sort of build off of each other and and mm-hmm. hand the ball back and forth and and all of that. Yeah. It's this, you know, the best Latter Day Simpsons episodes are at best ones that succeed in those areas independent of one another they yeah. very rarely right. intermingle the way they did in yeah, the in the like, classic years 
And it was either very funny or very sad what they did to Dick Gary Coleman. Yeah, here. <laughs> you just wonder how in on the joke he is, right? Like, that's all. Right. Right? right. Or if they paid him very well, to yeah, your point, yeah. David. So, ching. Yeah, that is true. So, uh, David, where can we find you online? You can find me online snickering at uh, double entendres in, <laughs> at Twitter, at Dr. Ritz, and at therealgentlemanofledger.com. And Carolyn, how about you? Oh, Where you can are find you me. Ho, ho, hoeing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoeing it up everywhere, no? Well, you can find me looking at butt casts getting applied <laughs> online, <laughs> plotting in the medical theater. Oh, you can find me at Carolyn Maine. I'm on Twitter and Facebook, and I have a Patreon. Check that out. Get yourself a postcard doing some seasonal ones. And that is Carolyn Maine, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. And you can get you a game I made, Pitch Please, at pitchplease.fun. It'll make a great Christmas gift. <laughs> it does. It's no Funzo, but it'll... it'll... <laughs> it was destroyed by Funzo. He threw yeah. it right in the fire. <laughs> Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter, hoping that the madness ends there at Austin Thornton, <laughs> and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, including my review of this episode um, very early in my internet review writing career, uh, such as it is, but uh, it's there, along with plenty of other Simpsons episode reviews, and Maybe someday if I find the time, I'll go back and, and do some more of those because I really do love The Simpsons and would like to write about it more. But who the hell has time for anything <laughs> these days? Uh, in addition to that, you can read my uh, you can read some X-Men writing from me at XavierFiles.com where I'm writing about uh, the new Hellions series. And uh, you can support uh, David and I at Patreon at Patreon.com slash G-O-L. Uh, as for... A very special episode. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod. Uh, come hang out with us on our Facebook page. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Our episodes are available via Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. And uh, our website is a very special episode podcast.com. You can stream all of our episodes directly from there as well. So for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, wishing you a happy holidays and reminding you that if you don't have Funzo, you're nothing. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time. On a very special episode. So, so.